Yo, what's good? Laugh Not Die Later on the road to the 100th. Maybe this is the 100th. I'm like on episode, I think, 92. Okay. We're going to release 93 and then we're going to, and then the 100th. Probably I do have enough episodes to get to the 100th. So I, at this point, you just choose what the 100th episode is going to be. But today, if you like punk, if you like hardcore, you probably know this man, or he's probably in a band or played in a band. The man of, uh, you play every instrument, right? Yes. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Um, Tell us who you are. My name's Jeff, you, you and uh, I'm voting that this is the 100th episode. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. number 100 because uh, I keep it 100 at all times. Uh, let's see, I'm supposed to introduce myself, huh? Uh, I'm Jeff. <laughs> tell, <laughs> That's good. Tell me all the because of Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Odd men out, gag, change, angel dust at some point. I know you fronted a band. Can I remember? Sixes? Sixes? Yeah, that was an old one that I fronted. How many other bands am I missing? Um, so I have a list, actually. It's in my notes app of every band I've ever played in that I've done at least one live performance with. At least one show is the, the credential. So no, like, oh, we did like this project, and, but we never did anything with it. Yeah. If you included that, it'd be a lot more. But I'm at 64 bands. 64 bands? I've played at least one show with. <laughs> Damn. It's ah, a what, lot. What, what other big bands am I missing? Or like, or like, no, very, you know, I never really did too many. I was really very prolific with projects, but never really did many that were like popular. We like, I'm from the West Coast, Pacific Northwest, so we're kind of like remote, kind of stuck up there. So a lot of people don't come to us, and we don't go to a lot of people because the infrastructure to support that just isn't there. Money just isn't there. People don't really tour <clears throat> particularly hard from there. There's a few bands. Like when I was growing up, that did well from the Pacific Northwest. But to be honest, man, not really. I mean, the bands now are probably the most popular ones I've ever been in. Like, I've been out and changed and stuff. That's like, and then Angel Dust was not my band. That was just a band that I joined. Um, and that was really fun too. But it's like, uh, it's all just, it all revolves around just friendship, man. <laughs> really? It's not really about like promoting, like at least in the Pacific Northwest, the attitude is less about trying to like promote and market yourself. Because we're terrible at that. It's more about just like being friends, playing music together, and loving it. Yeah. <laughs> being a lifer, bro. Yeah, <laughs> being yeah. a lifer. Being a lifer. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, would you say I'm not as a popular band? I wouldn't say we're a popular band. No, we're, maybe in Europe. Maybe in Europe and Asia, but in the United States, man, people don't give a shit about us. I guess Colombia and Colombia, too. So you but, guys are really big in Europe, <laughs> Colombia, and Asia, but not in, in the in the. I US. wouldn't even see really, say really big. I would just say we're more popular than we are in America. Why? Uh, one, uh, tons of reasons. One, straight edge hardcore, not very popular. You immediately have a ceiling when you call yourself a straight edge band. That's true. Um, but... Uh, unless you have something else special about you, something like Robert Gate or something, that's they've definitely exceeded that ceiling. The a normal like straightish band. They're straightish band, but like a Latino band. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean, so it's like they, they have another know. another. We're just a bunch of fucking weirdos. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, nothing yeah. that special about us, man. We're just fucking freaks. But um, uh, we uh, 
We don't, the other reason is we aren't like a real band. We recorded the demo in 2008, me and my friend Bob, just as like for a fun, like really hard straight edge band, that was it. We never did anything with it until 2012, got a lineup, started playing shows, just to promote some friends coming in from overseas to make the show cooler. We're like, we'll play a show. And then uh, uh, Griffin's got a real job, so we can't tour that frequently. So when we do tour, we make it count. We like do international touring, not too much domestic. So because we don't consistently put things out, because we don't tour domestically, because we're a straight edge band, lots of reasons to not be very prolific. You guys are not like, I mean, I forget that you guys are straight edge band. Not, yeah, not, yeah. Just because like, you guys are not like, like um, we're just like a hard and hardcore. Band. Yeah, you're like a hard, yeah, like very like a fast. hard youth crew band. Oh, you could borderline play like power power violence shows. Yeah, yeah, we got some short, fast songs for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got some mean songs. Well, uh, I mean, we covered crossed out at one point. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. See that? I like when bands that one like they like cover something from another dimension of the music. Straight up, yeah, yeah. But um, I before I mean we we could cut this out, but before we get into your life and the actual interview, I want before I forget to ask, what's the product yeah. about? The product? The song. The, the product. product is about my friends I met in uh, Mexico. So I met um, a bunch. We did this, a festival a really long time ago in Olympia called New Direction Fest, where we saved money to fly out this band called Brigada Roja. And they were a, a hardcore band from, um, uh, were they from Monterey at the time? Monterey, yeah. Um, and... Uh, kind of got to talking to them they talked about the political landscape of like Monterey and how fucked up it was years pass a lot of our friends from Monterey end up having to move to like Mexico City because it gets so it got so dangerous due to cartel violence and things like that um so like when I this was when I was much younger too so it was my first uh, like, like my first introduction to a lot of how like the U.S. drug market wrecks um other industries in uh other countries and like I'd already been always been peripherally aware because I was a huge I was really into like economy philosophy political economy specifically mostly armed revolution so like I was really big into like the Black Panthers when I was a kid when I was in high school because it was like the greatest example in my opinion of like an armed revolution of the people that's ever existed in the world and that happened so close to home too like in the bay and everything and like uh, so like I was always really politically minded met these guys they turned me on to all these things later down the road my buddy uh, Yakal has uh, worked with a record label called Synthes Pepe in Mexico City he was he played in a bunch put out a bunch of sick bands from there Inservibles uh, Ratos de Valdecanos uh, Tercio Mundo uh, a bunch of really sick like bands from Mexico City so they had this pro my, my buddy uh, David Rata had a project called Tercer Mundo, which was like a Mexican hardcore band all about cartel violence, drug violence, and how the U.S. drug market affects um, Mexico, specifically like the cities they live in and their livelihood and the danger they face every day, just like dealing with the threats of cartel violence just because a bunch of like rich white people want to do cocaine in the United States. And um, there, I would definitely recommend checking out the Tercer Mundo 7-inch for anyone that has not and yeah. reading the, the lyric insert because yeah. it's got, it much more eloquently explains everything I'm briefly hitting on right now. Um, so the product is the culmination of my experience with my friends in Mexico, my friends in Colombia, all my friends who, are mar who live in communities that get marginalized by U.S. economy and like U.S. Uh, drug markets essentially. 
and how it's disguised as like a problem with their country, a problem with their people, a problem with like uh, their economy and market when it's truly driven by U.S. import. It's not the it's not a problem with their country. It's a problem with the U.S. marginalizing a community, being like a fucking tyrant. It's hegemony. So like uh, that's what the product is about, specifically cocaine and um, how it marginalized the communities of my friends and makes their lives dangerous. Did you, did you go to college ever? Did I go to college? Yeah, I, went, I got, um, so when I graduated <clears throat> uh, from college, it was like a fucking miracle because I chose not to go to school, right? I dropped out to um, tour, <laughs> to play music and hang out with my friends. So then I, uh, uh, I remember my adopted dad, we kind of had a pretty strained relationship at the time. So you're adopted? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, because you're the. We can circle back. We can circle yeah, let's, back. Let's circle back. Okay. So what? let's circle back all the way to the the beginning. Talk <laughs> about your childhood. My childhood. Yeah. Um. So you're adopted because you're the first person that calls her dad adopted dad. Oh yeah. Did you ever met? Did you ever, yeah. Because I, I never met my biological dad. Okay. No. 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 Um. The most. The most I know about. Um, my biological dad is that he, w- he wasn't the greatest uh, person. <laughs> and so uh, he was, my mom was 14. Like, how, how, do you, how, how, how do you know like he wasn't a great person? Or like, did he like look at his records or like? Uh, yeah, I probably won't, I won't dip super deep into yeah. that publicly. Yeah. Publicly, I don't know who listens to this stuff or whatever. I have, I actually, I have, there's some legal issues going on in my family for sure my little brother's dealing with them right now I'm actually flying home to go to his arraignment um okay. he's got so like there's yeah. there's some stuff I shouldn't talk, talk about there's some stuff I just it's probably better that I say less but yeah not a good person my mom was 14 when she got pregnant with me and she um it was basically her parents that took care of me until my uh until uh, I met my adopted dad, really. He was young, and he just kind of was really into my mom and then ended up adopting me. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, so your mom's pregnant 14. Yes. And then you move in with your grandparents? Mm-hmm. How old were you until you, like, how old were you until you lived with your grandparents? Shit, man. Good question. I was so young. I barely remember it. All I know is oh, you were like my doctor was awesome. Like, whoever whoever delivered me, basically made a deal with my mom where if she goes to college, if she finishes school, if she finishes high school, finishes college, she'll wave a, he'll waive a bunch of the medical fees. Oh. So she, because I'm, I grew up dirt poor and my parents didn't come from money. None of my parents own property or anything. They don't even have homes. Like we don't, I don't come from money. Hey. So she, you know, she had a really rough upbringing on her own. She had a lot to handle between me and then my brothers later when she started getting, getting older. Met my dad who adopted me. Uh, they ended up getting together. So you think, um, so you know, so, so he's the dad that stepped up? Mm-hmm. Okay, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And you still, you like knew your mom your whole life and everything? Yeah, she, like, my mom was the pillar for me. My mom was the pillar. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, because I think my I- adopted dad and I, never, like, our, fam- our family relationship, we're more, we're like best friends. Like me and my, it's this. It's actually the sickest. I think if I ever choose to do like have children or something, uh, I would adopt because my relationship with him is so special. It's like I can treat him kind of like a father figure, but it's not like scary or intimidating. It's like he's my homie. 
You know what I mean? I can talk to him about anything. So, so like, so he meets your mom and your mom, him and your mom are together, or like, I mean, they got together. They got, yeah, together. They got together. So does he need to adopt you, or like, how he did. Does, yeah, he, he has to. Oh, how does that work? Like, couldn't he just be like your stepdad, or? Fuck, man. Not that. <laughs> fuck if I know. He adopted me before they were married. Oh, so they got together after? Yes. What the fuck? Okay. And it didn't last very long. <laughs> okay, so then that's it together. Didn't last no, hell no. Oh, okay. Because no, okay. no. in my head, I was like, wait, like, you're like, your parents are, he's just your stepdad. So and then, like, they, were, get, they were together very shortly. They got divorced. He adopted you, and then he, you lived with him, but you didn't live with your mom. No, he was a little kid, too. He was like 18 when he adopted me. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it was crazy. a mess, dude. We lived, I lived in so many different homes. It was really unstable. I was constantly being passed between different people's hands, like growing up. And for a while, I went, we moved to Canada for a while because he, like he got a job uh, that was like paid decent, like paid okay, some like startup tech company or something. Uh, and we moved out there and that, didn't, that barely lasted. He was, okay, me and him are on awesome terms now. But when we were younger, when I was younger, he was not the best dad. He did he did some bad stuff. Uh, he did a lot. Of, he did a lot of drugs. He was abusive towards me and my my little my little brother. He was pretty bad. But now he's the reason I believe in transformative justice because he's like the greatest person in my life. I love him so much. And he, what was he eighteen that he adopted you? Like, like, can, like how? Did, does I know? Man, put yourself in those shoes and just you can tell like there's some manic shit going on. Just like he he was all over the place. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, and so just, okay for context, you also didn't grow up with your mom during this time. Wait, what, what? I saw my grandparents more more than I saw my mom. She was going to school and stuff. So your mom was going to school and put you up and like. Uh, sorry, sorry. This is this is crazy. It's <laughs> like a movie. This is a straight of a movie. So okay, okay. So your mom. Put you up for like your mom put you up for adoption or he met you and was like I'm going to adopt you. He met me and he was he's like I'm gonna adopt. And your mom adopt. was like yeah like, take yeah, him. Pretty much. Did you ever like like uh, resent your mom for that? No, no, not at all. I completely understood her position, man. She was like she was 14 years old, had a baby. She knew she wanted me, but she uh, it was like a can she take care of me? Do you feel like you know your mom? I, like, like, do you look back and you're like, do I know you? Or like, you're more like... Uh, no, for sure. No, she was awesome. She was great in my life. She's the best. I love my mom. Do you think like years later that affected you? Like, just like, I don't know, like the idea of family or the idea of like... Oh, I knew I was different as hell. Like, I knew I was different growing up for sure because I didn't have money. I didn't really know where... Like, I, I just knew... I knew I was different. But like, I, it didn't bother me. My friends... That's... I think that's why I'm in a music community because my friends are my family. And that's so big in like alternative music, punk and hardcore, like that concept of like, these are my people, you know what I mean? So like, I really gravitated toward that, skateboarding and music because of that. Because all my friends growing up, those were my family. Those are the people I spent time with. I lived with my f friends as early as, man, I think I was like 15 years old when I started living alone. Yeah, 15 years old. You're sorry, uh, and you like moved out of your dad? Uh, you like left your dad, you ran from home? I remember, yeah, he like, he, it was like the very last time I ever got like beat up. I'm I moved. Uh, I was just like fuck this. I'm out of here. And I was still in high school, and I just kind of left. I went to my buddy Carrie's house. I lived with him for a while. He lived with a really abusive dad. That was pretty bad. And then, so I had to leave there, and I moved in with another guy who I'm not really friends with anymore. But his family was super abusive, so I had to get out of there. It was like constantly just going from like different abusive homes 
until with like a really abusive father figure for some reason. I think that's why I always try and be so sweet to people as a man because I only experienced very aggressive, mean males in my life. So I ended up um, uh, moving into, eventually I found a less shaky spot at the very first punk house I ever lived in in Olympia, Washington with a bunch of dudes that seemed so uh, old I already to me. know, I already know, yeah. They were like fucking like, tw- they were like, tw- some of them were like 23 and I was like, they're so old, oh, the, t- the Tiki House? But no, 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 uh, oh, that, was, that was Wiener Shack. That was oh. pre-Tiki oh. House. But yeah, then then met Tiki House, showed that the Tiki, I only lived at the Tiki House for like three months. I didn't really stay there super long, but I was there all the time. Yeah. And I just spent a whole summer there and then, yeah, the rest is like, history. But I like how you guys were all straight as shit because we were. Yeah. It makes us so much like, we were. Because I, you know, you hear puppy houses and you're like, okay, like that's cool. Like they were sick, and then after a while, it's like, okay, that gets old. Like not not about it, just like you hear. Tea like, house was 100 percent straight. That's why I know when I heard it. Holy like, house was not. The holy house is not straight edge at all. It's like two of us were straight edge. Yeah, when I heard uh, when I heard, I was like, it's a it's a it's a kid, um, a household part of kids. Yeah. And the straight, I was like, wait, what? Like, like what? I brought rays. Like I was like, think about how rowdy that was. I was like, <laughs> like what the fuck? What like? <laughs> Like, I, like it's like kids of some I'm uh, assuming fucked up lives growing in a we're like but we're all like morally on the same uh, compa- like that's crazy Dude, I'll paint you a picture man we were a gang actually Tiki House was a gang it was not a group of friends it was a gang it was a house all these kids from like 15 to like 21 I think was the oldest person there and um, uh, like straight up like 20 deep all the time in the house and it would just get like getting into trouble everybody knew Tiki House anytime we'd get picked up by cops anytime we'd get quick book they'd be like 4100 we'd be like yep 4100 Petersville <laughs> they just knew we got what's up with trouble the, the straightest kids get into and we're what, dude what do you mean like we don't like, like, because we don't because we aren't just like chilling doing drugs like mellowing out or like partying drinking or whatever we're out being psychopaths breaking into buildings Robbing places, grand larceny. I'm not actually. I just realized I'm not supposed to keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, I should, we we were doing. We may or may not have statute of limitations. Is actually a long time past, so I can talk about whatever actually with that. Yeah. We were doing not. We were just making trouble, fights. We were always getting in fights, antagonizing. Sam, who passed away, one of all of our best friends. He'd just like wear Daisy Dukes and like a pink hat to like shows and just like look as gay as possible and just try and like antagonize people and then he'd beat him up because he was like a re- he was like a state wrestler. And, like, <laughs> we just we just like dude, we just like would be as fucking ag- aggressive and annoying as possible basically. Was it? It was twelve kids that like it was twelve kids in total or was it more? Probably like twenty. But the core group was the core group was smaller, but. The, it was a very strong connection between like Olympia and Bremerton when we were young. I forget. So it rolled super deep when everybody would link up. So just like twelve kids, just like walking by, like like with X's in there. Sometimes more. So it was like twenty kids. It was <laughs> yeah. like one twenty. It was like a gang movie. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, they, they should make a movie someday. That's yeah, they should, man. I mean, because you got characters like you, uh, um, Griffin. Griffin. And then, I forget his name. I have an interview. The vocals of Gag. Adam. 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 Like, I just had a camera like a young Adam. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, Young Adam. Adam was a sweet, cute little boy. Really? Yeah, we were all cute little boys. Well, I mean, we had like a bunch of fucking had tattoos and shit because we got, started getting tattoos when we were really young because, you know, yeah. you're, you're little gang kids. But, um, yeah, yeah, everybody was a lot. 
uh, adulthood didn't treat all of us as kindly as it, it should have. <laughs> he looks like he's like 50 now. Because <laughs> I mean, someone was like, I, I would assume like, oh, this is an older guy with like younger dudes in the band. Yeah. And when I met him, I was like, he's like, hey, I'm only like 30. I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, so you're like 40s. Like, at least you're 40. Nah, he's, he's younger than me, you know. Yeah, so you're like moving, you're like, uh, you're moving around places. Did you, did you ever, were you shredded? Like, did you ever try drugs or alcohol? Um, I sold cocaine when I was a kid, and I was just talking about this the other day. I've never like done drugs. Can you say but it? I, huh? Can you say it on here? Uh, well, I'll send it to you. I'll send it, I'll send <laughs> yeah, it to you later. Yeah, you no, yeah, that. I can. It's been past a lot longer than seven years, man. I was like a little little kid. I was like in high school. I was like fifteen years old. Um, and I just to make sure it was real, I put it on my gums sometimes. You get like a body high from that. But I've never like done. I've never like felt done drugs. Like I've never just done drugs. No. <laughs> never Pretty like much always straight edge never like I remember I used to drink I remember it was like cool to drink Sparks when I was really young like the, it was like a precursor to like Four Locos like oh. energy drink like alcohol really high alcohol content and I remember I'd like pretend I didn't I didn't like that shit so I'd just like pretend like I was drinking it take like little sips and just be like what yeah, <laughs> while yeah. I'm chilling at like a party while everyone else is partying and then I found out about SSD control and I found out about straight edge and I was already really politically minded and I was like uh, on the tip of like Drugs pacify people. Drugs are fucking annoying. Drugs are like the cru- like the, the this thing that like creates political upheaval, keeps people from, you know, if if you're focused on just like oh, once I'm done working, I can go to the bar or I can go to this party or whatever, you're not gonna be. It just creates a mold. Yeah, yeah. It, a, it makes people easy to control, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So once I learned about. Or once I heard SSD control, I was like, "I'm bad. I'm straight edge." <laughs> Them and and uh, and Champion, because oh, yeah. Champion was like a band. I remember they used to cover SSD, and I was like, "What?" And then they just became my favorite band. <laughs> Being a kid, from yeah. the Northwest. So 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 you leave home. You're straight edge. You're like getting all sorts of trouble. Um, do 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 you leave your little brother behind? Um, yeah, yeah. Did I, that ever kind of like... I was like, a lot older than my, my little brothers, for sure. Does that ever, like, kind of, like, in the back of your head was, like... I don't know, like... Just, like, as you're, as you're doing your shit, like, going out, living in houses, were you ever, like, ah, uh, like... He's, he came to shows for a bit, actually. He went to hardcore shows for a little bit. So you would see him at shows? Yeah, he, That's like... Crazy. To give you the time period, like, his favorite bands were, like, Terror and, like, Stretch Armstrong. So it was, like, early 2000s. Like, first and, record of Terror. Yeah, Los and Low Air Terror. And like uh, he also liked like the Answer, which was a straight edge band from the Northwest at the time. There was like, another the Answer because I know there's like the 2019 Answer. This was like 2000 to 2005. Okay. So this is like a pre, yeah, the Answer. This is like the OG Answer. Yeah, OG Answer <laughs> from Seattle, Washington. Yeah. And that was one of his favorite bands too. And I remember they had a shirt that is such an iconic shirt, just a, a color. They had like black ones, red ones. And it just said the Answer on the front, straight edge on the back. And I was like, that's so hard. As a kid, I was like, that's the hardest shit ever. I'd like wear it to high school and shit. And I'd be like, this is awesome. Yeah. Back before, you know, because like at the time, this stuff wasn't, there wasn't social media. This stuff wasn't on the internet. It was like, it literally felt like a gang more than like now where it's just kind of like, oh, it's just this cute thing people do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it felt so cool. It felt so real. But yeah, my little brother was into that shit. And then he kind of. So like you were like, you had left home and he was still living, but then you guys would see to that show. It shows. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Like you check up on your brother, literally your, your brother <laughs> at home. Yeah. That's crazy. And then he, um, 
later on in life, now we're like a lot. Now we're a lot closer. We talk more and stuff, and we both like we both like a lot of the same stuff. Did did your did your adopted father, dad, or adopted father, adopted father, ever try to like? Like find you and like be like come back right oh yeah shit we totally got off topic so yeah he hit me up like after we hadn't talked for years he mailed me an apology letter he mailed me this like apology letter that was really he- heartfelt so I was like okay and I started talking to him he's like hey man I really want to get you a phone like I want to get you a phone so I can talk to you right around the time of cell phone so he got me a cell phone how do you know where to mail you or like, how do you find you I have no idea I don't know I got a letter to me it's, you can track somebody you know your world's small at that time you just I, live in yeah so like he he got me the cell phone where you couldn't even save contacts you could only dial out or receive calls so like it's uh i get this phone and he he calls me one day and he's like hey man what if i told you you could get paid to go to school i was like what and he's like financial aid like you can get like a pell grant and like all these different grants to go to school and they're gonna pay you three thousand dollars a quarter to go to school three that's like every that's like three months is a quarter i think Mm-hmm. Something like that for school, and so I was like three thousand dollars a quarter. Like that's that's a lot of fucking money for like a kid. Yeah. yeah, dude, for a kid just to like. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go to school. That's like a job. I, so I was like working at like I think I was working at Taco Del Mar at the time. So we're going to Taco Del Mar with some punk friends, and uh, uh, I started going. I went back to college like years later. And uh, I just studied whatever I wanted because I was getting paid to go there. So I studied political economy and I majored in 18th century Western linguistic philosophy. Was this like a very like um, popular option or like he kind of like... No, it's, just, like, it's for like low-income families and like... Um, how do you do it? How do you get that? Uh, you have to apply. So like you, if you come from low-income, if you meet specific requirements, um, you can... I'm trying to go back to school dude but. just look up financial aid in your state yeah, yeah. and you can you can get funded to go to school yeah. and like I ticked all the boxes and then some to the point where not only did I get funding that paid for my tuition but there was money left over that I would just get they would give you in the form of a check so I'd get that like $3,000 every three months and that would be for my living expenses and at the time I was like I'm rich. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. look, oh, I'm so yeah, you're being educated. You got money. Yeah. You go to punk I was like, oh, this is what life is like for normal people. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah. Like, do whatever the fuck you want. How many years have passed from when you like ran away from home to that moment? Over you, like, so that was like 15 to 21. You, you found that you he you got you start going to college at 21. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and like six years, I believe. Yeah. yeah and I know between 15 and 21. Do you ever like your your strategies obviously and like through like I'm assuming you're depressed at some point or like I'm just like you know like like having a home like your friends being at home but now really like uh, I don't know just like I mean you, you your life through that like being like moving around and stuff do you ever like feel tempted to break edge or to like or like nah, nah. never <laughs> nah bro <laughs> I, like I never gave a shit I always thought drugs were so stupid man I just never. It just doesn't seem cool to me. Like, I don't know. Like, I know for... It's literally a matter of perspective. Like, I just don't... I don't beef it. I don't care. But I just don't think it's cool. So I just don't do it. That's right. it. Like, people are always like... The people always want to ask me questions about, like, strategy and stuff just because I'm old and I still am. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't even think about it. Yeah. I just... I just... And the way I am, I don't yeah. know. I just don't. I never. I mean, more than that specific time, it's just like because you're younger. It's like it's easier to just like. Now you're. I yeah. mean, you're older. And just I like, guess yeah, you're yeah. right. There's so many more pressures when you're younger to like 
fit in for like you know every all my friends because I grew up in skateboarding world music world too like all my friends I went from friend group after friend group after friend group that just started you know using drugs and doing whatever and I was just like I know that's trouble I was getting into my own kind of trouble but I know that's trouble that's gonna like hurt me so I don't want that would you say you're an emotional person I would say so yeah Yeah. I I really feel um, yeah I feel connected with people yeah. 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 I mean, because if you would have, I mean, you could, I mean, pretty much say that the sole reason you're doing what you're doing, you're like successful in, I guess, in the hardcore world. Or like, yeah. yeah, like in the hardcore music. Yeah, in music, yeah, music, yeah uh, it's because you're straight edge. Because you, that could have yeah, gone, gone so south very quick. Yeah, I would have been just a lot like, more selfish. Yeah, yeah. You could have, you could have, a sip of alcohol. I mean, you're like, drink blow. And by then you're, and then you got no money you have no oh, place probably to go. be a crazy homeless person for sure yeah <laughs> for sure that's crazy yeah yeah I think and I think I knew that about myself too so that was another thing that kept me away because I knew that I'd, I go pretty hard in everything I do everything that I try and everything I want to do I try and be the best I possibly can at it mm-hmm. so being the best I possibly could be at doing drugs probably wouldn't be that sick yeah. <laughs> I feel like I push myself really hard in everything that I do so yeah. I feel like I probably go a bit too hard do you push yourself hard try to be the best of what you do because of like low self-esteem or what do you see that that comes in that like that like fire that like feeling of like i need to do like for this for myself because man that's a great question um that's like a question that i ask people all the time like what drives you yeah like what drives you dude man because wow. low self-esteem comes like everybody has low self-esteem to some extent uh, like what what is your like your what's the word um, what's like what's that th- what, what is something about yourself that you're like I feel like low about this that I try to like live myself by being good at what I do I think I'm really critical I'm really critical of myself even to the point where when I'm, I'm at shows I just assume people don't want to talk to me like I'll just be like, I assume this these people don't want to talk to me, so I just kind of sit and do my own thing. Like I'll just kind of like sit and like, uh, like I'll stretch or I'll just kind of like lay down in the back or like do whatever and just kind of let people approach me because I have this really strange, I just have this really strange feeling in the back of my head all the time where I think people don't like me, even my friends. Like even my friends. Like you feel unwanted. Like, you're, yeah, you're, you're not, not so, like, yo, man, damn, yeah, you're digging deeper. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably comes from like abandonment issues, but yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, seriously, like being a kid and being like, who's my family? Who's my dad? Who's he said? Like, honestly, it's probably abandonment shit. So, whenever I'm places, uh, like social places, I'm like, people don't want to talk to me. I always try and do my best to be like, say what's up to people and just be like, hey, like, how are you? You know what I mean? And like, I always, when I do greet people, I want to be as happy as possible and make people. I always want to make people feel welcomed, but um, yeah, over time, man. Do you think that comes from like I'm gonna give you the best version of myself, so you don't think less of me, so you don't like not like me? Dude, good question. I don't know. There's just this thing inside me where I have to push as hard as I possibly can. It happens with like my own personal like um, strength training, pushing myself in combat sports, pushing myself in like board sports, pushing myself in like sitting down and putting in the work to like make myself a better drummer like everything that like every moment i'm like pushing myself to exhaustion (laughs) and i don't know what that comes from but i'm seeing it's there's some thread somewhere between the things we just talked about there yeah yeah. Yeah, we're only like 
30 minutes in and this is already like you already like you already got deep but that's sick that's crazy um I was gonna say, oh yeah cause I remember the first time I think I cause I think I knew about you just cause like I was like I like gag yeah. and I got him in now and then I was like I signed the Rob Brigade uh, when the first time Rob Brigade came over it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so with like and playing Long Beach, and then you guys played Minute Hour, and yeah. then you guys played Oxnard. So yeah. I remember seeing you there. That was the the Omicron tour, right? The what? The oh Omicron yeah, yeah. Like, it was like yeah, oh yeah. Like, uh, the of COVID Carlos show. Carlos got like COVID and yeah, he didn't yeah. play the first two shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For him. So I remember going to all three shows, and I remember seeing it every three shows, and just thinking like, oh, this guy's like really confident. That's like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah but which now that I'm like, because I was like, oh, this guy's like really like. He's just like you know what I mean. Like he plays every instrument. Like he does. Like he's in all these cool bands. Like he's just cool. Because I remember like, and I remember even like, like the when you like when like not that it's a bad thing, but like when you like sang for Adam and out. Like uh, like I would like I would like sing the lyrics, but you would just be like, like kind of like, just like like not give me the mic. I was give me the mic. But I remember like <laughs> that was because of COVID. I was oh, trying yeah, not yeah, to do my yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. But, yeah. but I still remember like, and even like at the show at the. Uh, the last one, the tsunami show. Everybody was like looking, like ever had their spot to see a tsunami in Oxnard, uh-huh. and uh, you were just like in the back. I remember seeing like just you like sitting down like in the back, like you remember like in, in, at the Oxnard show. You're like Oxnard. way in the back, sitting down, just like observing from like a distance. That was Simi Valley. Simi Valley. Oh, yeah, Simi Valley. Oh, like yeah, like behind the trees, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I was, was like nice back there, and I was like, yeah, and I was like, I was like, I was like, this guy just really is like. But again, like in my head, it's like you're really confident, but in reality. You're the whole opposite. Nah, nah, nah. I'm insecure. I'm super insecure. I mean, I'm very confident in myself and who I am. But how I like you know yourself well enough. Yeah, but I'm I'm very insecure in social situations because I'm like, I don't want to piss people off. I don't want to be in people's space. If people don't like me, I don't want to take up their space. Like, I just worry. I, I guess I worry too much. I have this anxiety about me where I'm like, I don't want to take up space if people don't like me. So I'm just going to kind of stay out of the way. That's kind of how I feel. Dang, that's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah, straight up. No, I mean, I, I get what you. I, I feel the same way to a certain extent. Yeah. But I think you just feel like way more. Like, like what we talked about earlier. Like, I think, like, I'm not gonna go out, like, to a show or like, or see friends if I'm not like feeling okay. Because I'm just like, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Now, I, I got it's, it's almost like if you're gonna see me, it's like I have to be the best version of myself. Yeah. You know I mean, I gotta feel okay. I gotta. I know I'm gonna smile. And then, and then, I've, there's been times like when I saw a Gag at that, uh, at that rainy show in that hour. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I was feeling like shit. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go see Gag, do the interview, mosh, and like get that's the hell out of there. You know what I mean? Just because like, yeah. but like, it, but I know it comes from the place of like, I need to be the best person for the people I care about. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I care about the music community so much. Yeah. Like it gave everything to me, so I want to give everything back. So I want to like, it's so funny doing this my whole life, but still feeling like insecure <laughs> on yeah. stage like about it that's yeah. just that's how I, feel. I mean you're like in the biggest like man uh, which is gag and then you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're like in a straight edge band and then you're like you're like you're like you've been like you kind of check a lot of the the 
you've been in uh, one of the biggest bands, in my opinion, was which is Angel Dust. Like, even if you just played for them, you were like, you're, you were like essentially like a part of it. Traveling with them, yeah. Like being, like, you're in a straight edge band. Yeah. Like, like the fact that you're in Odd Man now and Gag is like really weird to me. Yeah. Sometimes a lot like, of people don't understand it. I mean, but I was always the weird guy in Gag in that respect, the most quote normal guy. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because because uh, I was looking through your profile to like like see more about you, and I was like, oh, like you know, like the dude from Sex Pill. I'm like, Matt yeah, Trejo, which is like yeah. super and punk. Trejo, yeah. Super punk dude. So Love like, them. They low key hate hardcore. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they low key like I hate like the two step like. I'm like, no, it's crazy that you're like, like an odd man now and like a really hardcore dude, but like, no, lose. And I'm tired like, with them. No, no, that them. world. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're sick. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they're fucking sick and their band's rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Trejo. Yeah, straight yeah. up. All right, 21, you go to college. What, what happens after? After college, um, I just learn a lot. I learn a lot about the way we use language and the way we uh, speak with each other and how it causes problems. And I kind of bleed more into, I move like away from my rigid political ideologies and more into my understanding people and where they come from kind of vibe. You know, you grew up and you think you know everything. Yeah. So I got, my, uh, my world got a little bigger. I started traveling a ton, started uh, touring a shitload. That's all I did, really. You toured while you were in school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How did that work? Like, do you have to go to school physically? Or like? Yeah, I had to go to school physically. No such thing as like remote or any of that no, shit. Yeah, I, mean, I remember when Facebook came around. When Facebook came around, it was like, whoa. Oh, you're you're that, you're changing. that older. Yeah, right? I was like, this is changing. The way people do school, like I remember people in, uh, I never had social media. I was super late to social media. Still to this day, the only social media I have is Instagram. That's and it. I'm really bad about keeping up on it. But uh, I, do, I do get lost in the ether of it sometimes, just like watching shit. But um, uh, yeah, I remember all my classmates had like a, a Facebook group that they'd like discuss shit. And I remember we were doing stuff on Hume who was like a rigid empiricist. So I thought it was really cool because he was like a denier of like everything, just didn't believe anything except what could be known uh, uh, to the senses, basically. And like he was, I was like, he's so interesting. Like I want to talk about him more. And people would come to discussion and talk about the shit and I'd be like, what? Why'd you talk about that? And it was because they were, had this like Facebook group. And I was like, I want that. What the hell? But I still never got social media until my buddy Seth, shout out Seth Dog. Uh, gave me an iPhone 4 and set me up with like an Instagram and shit and like showed me how to do it and a bunch of people didn't believe it they thought it was a fake account they were like no Jeff has Instagram no way like this isn't real but it was real <laughs> I, I saw an iPhone 4 once you saw what? I saw an iPhone 4 once like I just like the phone cause like oh yeah cause okay. my era was like iPhone 6 past that okay so like I saw it once and I just started thinking I was like oh this is like prehistoric shit yeah <laughs> like yeah. I saw an iPhone 3 once and I was like what the fuck is this like so fat I was late to the game <laughs> late to the game but um so you're going on tour mm-hmm. how does how, okay so you're going on tour you're going, you're going to school you're like a, you're like you're doing that. you're doing the best of both worlds you know what I mean you're living yeah. your life you're learning you're learning the real world and you're learning the intellectual world yeah how's your how's your relationship with your parents at the time or like how are you talking to your mom at this point better and better yeah better and better after the whole school thing it put my whole family relationships in a different light where I was like oh this is cool this is like beneficial they have the they're like looking out for me uh, my, at least my adopted dad was and then there was a period of time too where um, I didn't have a place to live so I moved into my parent my mom's garage and she was super sick about like my, one of my buddies who had a really abusive home he came and lived with us for a while in the garage too 
Uh, my buddy Robert, who's like one of my best friends, he uh, came. And what happened that you couldn't home. live? Like, couldn't find a place to live? Like, you were just like broke, or like, or like just like life piling Yeah, up yeah, just couldn't get couldn't get a house or anything. And she lived out in the middle of nowhere. I had to ride my bike to my job at the mall, and it was like fucking How sixteen this one? miles. Uh, I think I was like twenty three, maybe twenty three, and like you're like going on tour, and like you're riding your bike to the mall, like, and you're going to school. Yeah, I was doing a lot. I've always done a lot, like as much as I can possibly do. But because um, if I, my mom always called me a shark because if I stop swimming, I die. <laughs> so that's always how I felt growing up. Like I'm always, I have to be moving, I have to be doing stuff, otherwise I lose motivation. I just don't feel. You get like good. depressed. Yeah, I get like depressed. I get super depressed. Has there, has there ever been a point in your life where like, I don't know, maybe you're sick or like you broke an arm, broke a leg or any yeah. other? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I broke my hand. I had like four plates in my hand, 32 screws, and I couldn't, I was playing, I played shows with one, I cut one of my fingers out of my cast. And I was like fretting with one finger, like playing bass. I remember I duct taped, I had this band called Train Yard. When I was a kid um, that we were way too soon for our time because we were like Crown of, Crown of Thorns worship with like the goofy aspects of like, even like E Town Concrete <laughs> shit, like yeah. just goofy ass shit. Uh, so we were never popular, of course, because no one understood what the fuck we were doing. Um, and we played like a show where I duct taped my drumstick to my cast, and I was like smacking the snare drum with like basically my cast, and it sounded horrible, but I played the show. Um, oh. More recently, though, I, I herniated two discs in my low back. My elf. L4 or L5S1 so my hip joint my lowest vertebrae and then my L4 L5 and I couldn't walk for like three weeks I couldn't I was in debilitating nerve pain for like a year and six months everything felt shitty I just couldn't feel happy like I don't know if you've ever experienced nerve pain but like when you have nerve pain every day you just want to die because your central nervous system is just overloaded all the time you're overstimulated you hurt you just don't want to be alive and like I got the most depressed I've been through a lot in my life Never felt suicidal, never. That's the only time I've ever felt suicidal. And I remember telling my doctor, and him being like, okay, we're gonna take you off like that. He had me on some like methyl steroid that like that's one of the big like uh, symptoms. And I got off that and I felt a lot better, but still hella depressed. It's like being injured, not being able to do the things that I love doing is like the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> it's horrible. Not being able to play music, not being able to be physical, to exercise, to do combat sports, to skate, to surf, to move, to hang out with my friends, to cook myself food. Couldn't even stand. I did a rubber gate tour in uh, a wheelchair. <laughs> and where I'd like, I'd sit down, play like two songs, be in too much pain, I'd have to sit down again. Stand up, like play like two songs, and then sit down, kind of wait for the nerve pain to go away. It's fucked up. It's Damn. horrible, dude. I mean, it's still this crazy that you did it. Yeah, I did I was like, I would have been the day I, after, dude, the day after I hurt myself, Gag was slated to play Turnstile's record release, the Glow On record release in Baltimore. And so the day after, my glute was swollen to the size of like a football. Is it the one that's like on Hand Fantastic, right? It's like a... Yeah. That, it's like a well-known video. It's on YouTube, right? I have no idea. It was at the... I was at... I don't do internet stuff like that, like watch videos like that. But it was like South... Or it was... I think it was Soundstage in Baltimore. What the fuck is the name? Why am I getting it confused with some... Is it Baltimore Soundstage? The big one by the water? I think so. I, I think that, I know what you're talking about. I think it's that that's on YouTube, yeah. But dude, I couldn't sit and I couldn't stand. It was the day after I had, I, I, I remember I felt it that day in the weight room, felt a crack and then my, my glute went numb, my foot went numb, I couldn't use my foot, my leg got all numb. I just had this radiating pain down my leg. And then I was like, oh, I'm probably good, like stupidly. And then I went to jujitsu that night 
I got stacked and I felt another pop. And then I was like, something's really wrong. I couldn't stand up. It took me like, I, I lived like three blocks from my jiu-jitsu gym and it took me like 45 minutes to walk home because I'd walk like 20 feet and have to just lay, I'd just lay down on the curb, just like holding myself, just like, fuck, something's really wrong. And then I got home, scheduled an MRI and that was that. The next day, got on a plane to play that turnstile record release. My glute was the size of a softball. I was all fucked up. I was like in so much pain that I was like delirious. So I was just talking to everybody like normal and just kind of laying down in the back room. I was like, yeah, I just kind of hurt pretty bad. I think I hurt my back. Come to find I herniated two discs. Dude, it was horrible. How was playing the set? Horrible. It hurt so bad. Like I could, it hurt so bad. And flying was horrible. It hurt so bad. And I could barely sleep that night because I was in so much pain. But um, it was really hard. I couldn't concentrate. Fortunately, drumming's like second nature for me, so I can just kind of turn my brain off. So the whole time I could was playing that set, I couldn't even enjoy it. I just remember like just trying to ignore pain. Like you just say, yeah, just moving through. Damn, uh, here, here I am, fucking struggling to try to get a band together, and you're out here like playing shows like and with a fucking fuck bad back. Yeah, it was like just oh my god. If anyone is struggling with nerve pain, hit me up. It kind of changed my life, and now I'm on a path where I'm, like, training. I got, like, a bunch of clients and, like, uh, combat sports athletes, weight training people that I train. And uh, That's your job? Or, like, you just do it? I do it remotely, yeah. And I have a few... I have clients that have back injuries, and I've gotten them out of pain. And I've gotten myself out of pain. I load my squats again. I'm not really pulling heavy deads because the risk to reward is pretty low, but I know how to train uh, around injury if... People need help. <laughs> Quick plug. People need help. Hit me up. I That's crazy. I've helped a bunch of friends already uh, just who have, who've heard about what happened to me and they're like, hey, man, what do I do? And I'll just help them through it. <laughs> That's crazy. That's, I just, what the fuck? It's just like, what the? It's fucked up. Yeah. So, okay, now back on the, from 25 <laughs> to 30. Okay. How's your life? Pretty sick. Probably some of my best years. Um, playing in bands that were getting recognition, getting tons of opportunities, going to like Europe, Asia, Latin America, Mexico. Have you been to like the whole world, basically? Pretty much, yeah. Is yeah, there any place you haven't shows. been to? Um, haven't played any shows in Africa. I've tried. I know you can book in like uh, Morocco, you can do like Egypt, South Africa. I'd really love to get deep into to Africa. So, so Africa's the only one contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. at me. I'm, yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to play Africa. Play the little band, but I don't know. Yeah, probably, because we're the band that everybody's just down to do whatever. So um, I really don't have a group of friends that's just down to just go. So, like, Odd Men Out's kind of that group. So um, we do all the, the really fun tours, like shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, it's funny, because, like, Odd Men Out's like, like played Mexico like that's just like, like dude but, we played Mexico three times we've done three Mexican tours with, like, I mean that's first tour was Mexico yeah like that's, before we played the United States yeah that's like weird that's like <laughs> yeah. crazy it's like yeah. like I think uh, people in Mexico was like oh we've seen Armin a lot more than I have seen here in LA yeah <laughs> and then, like that's crazy. funny yeah um, so 25, 30 you just keep playing shows um, yeah. I'm assuming your your relationship with your uh, with your mom and your adoptive father like kind of mm -hmm. my life mellows out I stop I don't do any like illegal activity or anything I just kind of like I'm just I'm mellow I'm yeah. like I'm, I'm getting in my groove I'm like doing music stuff pretty much full time so you reach your 30s uh -huh. does anything like kind of like switch off in your brain where I'm like damn I've been through all this 
Like I'm not like you're officially like once you're I feel in my opinion, once you're thirty, you're not old. You're just like You're like hardcore retired. No no no, no, no. I don't think you're I don't think I don't think people in thirty are old. So even though a lot of people like act like they're old. Uh-huh. But it's just like in my head I'm like, oh like like you this is like the age where like you either like like compiled a lot of the things you still will learn, but like a lot of the things you've known mm-hmm. and like you're kinda of more of a what like a more in my opinion should be a more of a well shaped person. You know what I mean? You're more of a like I'm an adult. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like coming to your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's the way. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like that when you were thirty, or were you still like? Yo, I felt like that when I was like twenty three, straight up. I was like, I know who I am, and uh, I think like, uh, I think because I grew up really fast. Yeah. I grew up really fast, both socially and intellectually, like learned wise as well. Like, I mean, I was the kid that was like in high school, man. When you're supposed to be just fucking around, I was like, hey, man, did you hear about Fred Hampton? You know, like I was, I was like a guy that was like very politically minded, as like <laughs> a little kid. Like, why, why am I even researching those things? Why do I even care about those things? But it was because like I just didn't like the world I lived in. So I was like, what are alternatives? You know, what I mean, what are alternatives to just like working a job, not really like pushing myself or testing myself or like not throwing my ideas against the wall and seeing what sticks. Like seeing what's like okay this makes sense in reality. This is either just ideology or this is reality. And how much can, how malleable is reality? How much can I play with it? What can I get out of this life I was born into? And uh, I noticed that not many people I met, normal people felt that same way. (laughs) People like to play it safe. And I had no intentions of playing it safe. And I think I made the right choice because by the time I was 17 years old, I felt like if I died any day, I'd feel accomplished because <laughs> I felt like I had done so much and like even now everything's just icing on the cake man probably 25 on icing on the cake like anything that happens now I'm just happy with I just feel happy in life honestly just bonuses I feel good yeah, yeah I feel like I did a lot I still would like to continue doing stuff but if one day like like COVID or something something like that happened they're like you can't do this doesn't exist anymore no more music I'd be like man that sucks I'm still happy Life life still goes on. I have other things. I feel, you know, I feel good. Yeah, feel good. (laughs) Damn. I mean, let's go. Let's go back to what you said. Um, The normal, the average person just plays it safe. Mm -hmm. Because I think when I when the 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 thing that most intrigued me to interview was when uh, Griffin 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 was like, uh, it's like yeah, our vocals are not. I don't know how the fuck it came up, but we're like eating. He's like, he's like, our vocals are not a man out, and I didn't even know he was not a man out. I was like, he's like, oh, he. he like goes down to LA or like Glendale, like to like when when it's like cold in Seattle. Yeah. To like and you like sleep in a van just to like it could be warm. I was like, Dude, that's like, like that sounds like something I want to do, but I feel like I wouldn't have the balls to be like, yeah. <laughs> like do you drive or like you just fly? I fly. I fly. Okay. Yeah, I was like, like I kind of like I, I was. Well, it sounds cool to me, but in my head I was like, I was like, you're driving, like you're like it's cold. I'm gonna get myself in the car. I used to do that. Yeah, I lived in a van for like fucking four years, man. What the fuck? It's easy, like. <laughs> Like what, what, what? Like when was this? Like I just bought a camper. Oh, well, we were, I was touring a lot, dude. I didn't couldn't really like paying rent was just stupid. It's just dumping your money into nothing. So like, uh, got a camper van with like solar power, propane stove. This was pretty recent. This was like angel dust time. So like twenty, fuck man, I don't know. Like a couple years ago, I just a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah, a handful of years ago. I only played in angel dust for a chunk of years. Um, so yeah, I was like, I was just touring a lot. It didn't make sense. So bought a camper van, lived in that. 
and I could just kind of park it wherever. So I'd just drive places and just like do stuff. And then that kind of stuck with me. Once I realized touring, you can just kind of go places and chill. I was like, you can do that with life too. You can just kind of go places and like figure it out, get some shitty job for a little bit and just kind of feel out what life would be like in different places too. So yeah, I did that a lot too. Moved, or, moved around and like checked stuff out. But my, I, um, my friend Patrick, who lived in Olympia for a while, he has like a, a house in Eagle Rock. Um, and uh, he's gracious enough to let me uh, chill with them pretty much whenever I just give him a heads up. Like, that's where I, I come down, I stay in Eagle Rock. And um, You don't like the cold? Just hmm? cut or? Uh, yeah, I got injuries, man. I don't like being cold. I don't like being cold. So when it gets cold, I Did just... you not like being cold prior to injuries or just because of the injuries specifically? I knew I was born in the wrong place. <laughs> like, I grew up in Washington. I love Washington. It's fucking beautiful. It's amazing. But when I go places like Thailand or like places in Asia where it's like hot, high humidity and like... I just feel good. I feel good all day. I don't have pain. I have really good energy levels. Like, I pay a lot of... Um, attention to like my my recovery metrics and like my um uh my quality of sleep my heart rate variability um my my own like i have a good sense of like how my own hormones are like regulated in my body and like when i feel good and when i feel bad and i can just tell i always feel better when it's warm i just feel better I just feel That's crazy. happier, dude. When it's cold, it's just like I feel depressed. And doesn't it drive you insane, like knowing that much about yourself sometimes, or it's just like ah, like like you just like you like I don't know, like like you're just chilling right now, like you're watching. I can tell I'm pretty low energy today. Yeah, I can tell I'm pretty low energy today, but it's fine. It's all right. I got. Well, you're cool with it, I guess. Like yeah, I guess cool that, yeah, the other person, another person would have been like low energy, like why, like and then like yeah, yeah. If someone was like, hey man, you want to come train or hey, you got to go, like, PR this lift today, I would be like, you know what? No, I'd just be like, all right, let's get, I'd get some caffeine and just be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> but I know that I wouldn't be recovered for that, and I wouldn't be performing my 100%. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. So you're 30 now, and you're 35. 35 yeah, I was about old. Yeah. Well, you're you trying to, trying to seem young. <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, you're young-spirited. You know, yeah. you're, you're living a young life still. Well, yeah. Um... You're 35. Do you ever, do you look back and how do you how do you feel like looking back at your whole life and you're like, do you, are you ever gonna have kids? I mean, is you're gonna adopt a kid? Dude, I would love to adopt a kid probably one of these days when things settle down. I could see the end. I could see the end of music like any time, man. Really? I see it. Yeah, I could see it like right now, or I could see it years down the road. It just depends. Like, I have. Man, I'm so willing to just take things as they come. It doesn't really matter. Like, I still get so much out of music, and I love it so much, and I'll take any opportunity to tour. But if it had to end, that's okay. I could focus on my own training, training other people, and... Uh, How would it end? Like, because do you think you will ever make it end? Or I think you... I'd just lose opportunities. Yeah, I think I'd probably just pass on too many opportunities. Or people just stop caring about the bands I play in, which is fine, too, because you can't. You can't be on, like, you can't, not saying I'm on top because I'm not on top, but you can't be on top forever. Like, you can't have people care about the stuff that you do all the time. Like, if you want that life, then you have to be motivated to market yourself. And even then, I'm like, not interested in And that. even then, like, like... <laughs> I'm not interested in marketing yeah, myself, yeah. especially not for music. I feel like I have a lot of creative ideas and, like, things I could share with people, 
but I just want people to want to share those things with me. I don't want to make them like it or make them listen to it or make them want it. I just want to make it because it's coming out of me and I would like, I, I would like it if they appreciated it. But market, not for me. If I'm going to make money, it's going to be helping people um, physically with their weight training, combat training, things like that. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's different. They come from different places, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, for me, music has never been about money. I wasn't a kid and I was like, I was a kid and I was like, this is what I want to do. I wasn't like, I'm a ki- I was a kid and I'm like, this is how I'm going to make money. <laughs> when going on tour, I was like, I forgot. I was like, wait, people make a living out of this? Like, I forgot. I like, guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, like, it's just like, it crossed my mind. I was like, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, but then, like, in the back of my head, like, I would, I would remind myself, I was like, oh, there's people who, like, make money off of this like yeah. they're like like living I was like, Ugh. like it's just, yeah. it's, it's which not, I mean no, that's it's like, not, it's not a bad thing that's awesome but yeah. like it's not my primary driving motivating factor. I, I just like, can't imagine being like I have to go on tour yeah I or like it's like my that. kids like my kid my like baby mom was like on tour you know what I mean it's just like you're like this is your way of like you like know you what? have to I could do it I could do it as a as a as a drummer I could do it as a paid drummer, drummer. you could do that you could pay me to go on whatever tour to play why, drums why, why drums because like, I love make? it so much. You love drums I'm more. I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, because I love playing drums and I love trying to push myself to be a better and better drummer. All styles, any style. I could be paid to play drums in a band. Any band. Okay. It doesn't matter. But not guitar and no bass. I love it. Not guitar, but it's not. Okay. <laughs> not for me. No. Okay. I appreciate it, but it's not for me. I'm not driven to excel in those instruments as I am with drums. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. They're just not... I don't see a guitar and I'm like... I need to play that. <laughs> well, since you know, well, since you're uh, like you know a lot about yourself, what what do you like about drums? What do you like? What? They're so physical. That's the thing. I just like physical stuff. I like exerting myself, pushing myself hard, trying to like. Um, so you know, I like everything from like very technical, laid back drumming, just like focusing and like sitting in the pocket, or I like physical drumming, like pushing myself, like single pedal, single pedal grind, favorite style of drumming, straight up, like any like a single pedal grind band like Repulsion or like something where like it's like very like yeah you're like you're 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 behind the kit just fucking raging like that shit is awesome and then all the way down to like just being dialed sitting in the pocket just with like focus like really fo- focusing on finesse and like um really bringing a beat to life and like giving it giving it life is also like drums are so dynamic it's the same with guitar I'm just not as tuned in I'm not as well versed in playing guitar as I am drums and I don't really have like a a drive to make myself that way if that makes sense yeah <laughs> if you die tomorrow <laughs> if you die tomorrow and fingers crossed fingers crossed not gonna win whatever <laughs> not gonna win okay. uh, if you die tomorrow you've uh you so you you come from you just come from a weird place I guess that's the best way to put it unique, like yeah. a very unique weird uh, very uh, yeah unique is the best way to put it come from this unique place um, you were taken in the hands of a lot of people but at the end of the day you were your your best teacher in a, in a way or, yeah because yeah. sometimes like yeah like the way I look at it, like my favorite bands like Trash Talk and Hoax like I like educate myself based on what they do mm-hmm. they're still providing what I want to know and what I like and like you know the, like like ceremony you know that led me into like 
just poetry and like reading you know what I mean like, okay yeah, yeah, yeah like I mean? like, prose and everything but it's but it's kind of myself too like like looking for those stuff so I guess I'm my own teacher but they provide the knowledge you know what I mean yeah it, 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 like a book there's like a little direction that's how it should be it's like you interact with things that you're engaged by and then you learn a little bit yeah yeah and that digs you into other stuff but too. you have to be the one that's motiv- motivated to follow that yeah yeah yeah, yeah 100% but that being said if you die tomorrow, would, what do you think? What do you think uh, you want the like off the top of your head? People to remember you by, by yourself, by who you are as a person, by your music, by your, mm. by as an instrument player, by as a friend. What is the one thing you're like? This is who I was the most. Or this is who what I did the best. I would hope uh, to be a motivator for people to want to be the best person they could possibly be. Like he pushed me to want to like pursue this, or like he pushed me to want to be better to like be disciplined and focused and like try and get exactly what I want. And even if that's not discipline, even if that's like he like just just getting to like in like know yourself and embrace the person you are, I'd like to be seen as a supportive person, someone that people could rely on to like come to if they have like issues or if they like need help finding direction. I'd say that. So beyond like, past a motivator. We'll say motivator. A friend. Yeah, a friend. A friend, hundred percent friendship. A friend, a friend is always a, a friend is number one. I guess is like companionship and motivation. That's like yeah. that's sort of friend. One hundred percent friendship. I'm all yeah. about friendship. That's the the realest relationship in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you could be a good friend, I think you're, in you're just um, you're a good person. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, you're, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say? Um, Anything else you want to put out there? Think about it. I like to I like to tell people. I interviewed Carlos from Running Out, uh-huh. and he was like, "Why are you asking me all these questions?" I'm like, "I'm like, dude, when you die, I don't like. There's gonna be a gazillion interviews of you. Like, okay, so how did this riff come about? Like, what did it yeah, this riff? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, like it's like this is why I don't like to like I don't like to like like I, I like sponsored from my own like for me, mm-hmm. but I don't like to like you know like I don't know I don't like to push it as much as because it's not this interview format podcast or whatever is not for anybody to listen to yeah but anything else you want to put out there any on this this recording yeah i mean i like i like what you're doing because i like these kinds of questions as well like i'm not interested in listening to someone really talk about things i already know about them yeah (laughs) or that you can trace it back there the influences and shit yeah um shit i guess just don't get don't get too overwhelmed with what it feels like you need to do just kind of follow what follow your passion and follow like what drives you and makes you feel like alive and motivated and then you won't ever hit those those ruts i mean everything goes up and down but you don't have to hit those ruts as often where you feel like overwhelmed and like you're, you need to give up because you're focusing your energy on something that's going to get back to you so just do what feels right <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're mentally like right. you're mentally uh, like you're mentally healthy, physically healthy. Yeah. Um, those things I feel like those things are very important, but also don't get too hung up on like that's uh-huh. just me. Like people are very different. I'm not like myopic enough to believe that the way that I live life is the way everyone should live life. Yeah. Because people straight up biologically are different, neurologically are different. Like people are wired differently. This is just me. So if like the things that I say resonate with you don't worry you're not weird you're not a freak like you're just similar to me so like do that and if but you're a freak you don't, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with being a freak yeah, yeah. If, if you don't and you're like a different way you're cool too do <laughs> that like run with that do whatever you like and whatever motivates you and just run it up as much as you can that's it <laughs> well it was the same that you're 
physically or mentally healthy. Uh, you think you're gonna live for a long time? Like I was like, what, like, cause you're 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 as healthy as a person you're gonna if be. If I if I ever do like adopt kids and have a family, I hope so. If not, I don't really care. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I don't really Interesting. Care, yeah. uh, that was a good answer. <laughs> All right, let's do this for that and wrap it up. Cause uh, I know you. I noticed you're the only person that has like a lot of band tattoos. Uh-huh. Which is cool. Because yeah. I'm I all just, I have is music. Tattoos. I feel self conscious of having band tattoos. Oh, for real? Because I'm like, because because at first I was like, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Like, I have a rubber game one. Yeah. And then I have, like, the running out one. Sick. Also and I have sick. a Nomads. I have an Alpha and Omega. Dope. I have a Trash Talk. I have an X. Yeah, you got a bunch. But, yeah, so, because I was like, I was like, but I was like, am I having too much? Like, like do I need normal tattoos? Yeah. But what, what are some of your band tattoos that you have? Uh, actually, Ben from Nuts Magazine in New York, he did a complete rundown of all your band all tattoos. My band tattoos, yeah. And there's, dude, there's like over a hundred different bands on my body. What's the rarest <laughs> one? Like, what's rarest? like the rarest band? Like, it's like, oh, that's weird. Someone has that tattoo. Probably like some of the bands that I did that did demos and never fucking did anything. Like, there's a dehumanized one right here. In debt, that's another one that did nothing. What's that? This one, Sunset yeah. Riders. Sunset Riders. Griffin's band that he used to sing for. Um, Poison Idea Bored Youth A bunch of young kids Like Skate Punks HPP A punk band from Olympia That's uh, Deep Wound Deep Wound Johnny Thunders Clip Boys F FU's Sham 69 Joan Jet, Articles of Faith I, I saw Skins. Before I met you I saw, <laughs> I saw you had a, a Sham 69 That's weird Dicks, I don't know anyone I got two Sham 69 tattoos Buzzcocks Fuck man Katy Perry <laughs> Katy Perry Train Yard Circle Jerks Stiff Little Fingers Unity, hated youth. That's crazy. Fuck man, I don't know. Motorhead, I got two Motorhead. Bob Dylan, <laughs> Doggy Style. That's some California shit. Nausea. Do you have any normal tattoos? <sighs> Not really. That's <laughs> Not really. Sam, my buddy that passed away. My buddy Sam. My buddy Joey. My buddy Robert. I have friends, so I have my friends tattooed on me. And music. This whole leg, I can't. This, I'm wearing pants, but this whole leg is all friends. I, I have my friends sign my leg. Really? So got, yeah. Like, like individually or like? Yeah, like all... I give him the machine. I go, all right, tattoo, tattoo, like whatever you want. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Justice has the same thing on it, but on his butt. <laughs> on his butt? Yeah, we both tattooed each other, uh, the names and everything. That's He's crazy. the only other person I've met that does that as well. Like has friends sign his body. <laughs> now, 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 I'm like, if I'm ever like, I want to get a bad tattoo, I'm probably gonna do that. Yeah. Because I, I don't feel so conscious now that I see you have so many. Yeah. yeah. No, I got tons, dude. It's like all I got. Burn. Milk music. But conflict. I got you two like conflict. Conf- you love conflict. Yeah, I love conflict. Crass. Shit, man. I don't know. I got a bunch. SSD, of course. ACDC. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. I'd have to see him. I got a fear one. Trying what is that one right here? LA, I got. Where? Uh, oh GBH? No, it's like X, not like a heart or Oh that's like that's strife strife lyrics. Oh sorry. Strife and then it's like an X with heart. It's one of the first tattoos I ever got when I was uh, fifteen years old. Sick. Alright, we're gonna do this or that and wrap it up. All right, so this or that is like I ask you um Coke or Pepsi and you're gonna just say Coke and then like okay. we go on to the next one. Right. You ready? Yes. Slayer or Metallica? Fuck, are you serious? Ah. Uh, 
Today's Slayer. Today's Slayer. Today's a Slayer day. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Uh, That's guess, really man. difficult for me. I love both things. Hatebreed or Death Threat? Death Threat. 100 Demons or Cold as Life? 100 Demons. Walmart or Target? <sighs> That's tough. For specific reasons, I'm gonna say Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> um, VHS or vinyl? Uh, vinyl. Uh, skateboarding. Uh, skateboarding or combat fighting? Combat sports nowadays. <laughs> spaz or plutocracy? Uh, spaz because of the kung fu movie references. Okay. <laughs> Not particularly the music. <laughs> you don't like you don't like spaz and musically? Uh, they're alright. <laughs> Damn. There was a period of time yeah. where I liked them. I don't I don't hear a lot of older people like power violence. Or like, or like I, that type of power violence. I, I mean, I love. Or spaz. I like hard power, like crossed out. Yeah, yeah, uh, like that, like infest. But a lot of people don't like like spaz or like goofy like. Yeah, I don't like the silly stuff. I'm not like a silly hardcore guy. Okay, like, mm, no so. comedy hardcore. Nah. All right. Um, Trapped in your eyes or angel death? Dude, <laughs> that's really hard too. But I'm gonna say Ty. Crewnecks <laughs> or hoodies? Um, hoodies. Buried alive. Buried Alive or Hundred Demons? God damn it, man. Terror Lowest of the Low. Terror Low? <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't even know that was an important record. Like, no that's my favorite hardcore record of all time. Like, favorite contemporary hardcore record. That's the record that made me love contemporary hardcore. I love I love hardcore. I love hardcore. And I, I feel like I know a lot of music. And, like, not just hardcore. But I think my favorite hardcore song of all time is Keepers of the Faith. Okay, sick. I like, mean, that's a great record, too. Terror wrote a bunch of amazing records. Terror of the Low is just my favorite. Maybe Terror's only good, the only only hardcore band that's written multiple good records. It's the one band I don't have a tattoo from that I still need one from is Terror. I still and need a Terror. If I ever go to Seattle, let's get Keepers of the Faith. All right, let's get it. Let's do it. I'm down. All right, um, I, think, I think that's it. All right. That's it. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, bro. Anything you just want to say? Uh... Thanks, team. <laughs> I'll see you guys. If, if you see me at a show and I look like I'm like frustrated or don't want to talk or something, it's not true. I'd love to say hello. Hey, so come say hello. All right. Yeah. <laughs>